How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoe. Shoots, he scores! Battling through it, finally. No sense bitching, right? This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Okay, it's been like two weeks since we uh, last recorded anything, but we're back now, and a lot has happened to the Kings in that time. It's exciting for the most part. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. There's a f- <laughs> there's some things that I was surprised about, namely, I know this is like old news, but I never got to yell about, about the fact that Rob Skinner is on the team. So oh, yep. uh, we'll talk about that, that later. <laughs> but other great things have happened as well. So uh, it's been a fruitful two weeks. So first, let's start off with the most recent and most important, which is that the Kings are back in the playoffs this year. Yay! Which I'm super happy about. <laughs> After not making it last year and this time being the first team in the Western Conference to clinch a playoff spot, um, that made me so happy. Like such a drastic turn from the just sadness and disappointment of the last game of the season last year where they were playing, but they had already not made it. So it was just like, (laughs) that's this plus. Um, A little bit of hilarity tacked on, though, is that they clinched with 93 points, which is fewer points than they had when they finished the season last year. They finished with 95, uh, but have already clinched. So it's kind of like... Last season, they missed by a couple points just because some of the bad teams, namely the two that helped knock them out, Edmonton and Calgary, were still winning games at the end of the season. Um, And of course, Calgary went on to be in the playoffs. And this year, the Pacific Division was so garbage for so long (laughs) that the Kings were able to clinch with 93 points when, like, the Dallas Stars, who are technically ahead of them in the Western Conference, already had more points. Amazing. Thanks, Pacific Division, for doing the Kings a solid to pay them back. It made me really happy. (laughs) And I didn't really, I mean, obviously, we weren't the only people that didn't realize that the Kings had a chance to clinch. Uh, Alec Martinez didn't have any idea that they could have clinched (laughs) and very cutely explained that at the end of, uh, at his post-game interview that, like, first of all, did not know that, Uh, which (laughs) is fantastic. But it makes me very happy. Yeah, and I think I read that Vanilla Cavalier also was not aware that it yeah. was a game in which they could clinch. So it's pretty cool that they – I always think it's, you know, a little bit more fun when a team wins to clinch rather than clinching, you know, when they're idle. Um, so it was cool that they had, like, a game that was really close and really um, interesting and kind of terrifying down to the last few seconds, and then they won it. And now they're back in the playoffs after missing. That's super cool. I'm excited about the Kings I'm so, playing in the postseason. Yeah, I'm so happy that I no longer have to hedge my bets where I kept correcting myself for all of our other podcasts, being like, yeah. if the Kings make the playoff, um, hoping to not jinx, you know, jinx the Kings in any way and upset any, like, hockey gods. So I'm glad that I can say, when the Kings are in the playoffs, yada, yada, yada. So I'm excited about that, too. For a period, the Kings had let the Ducks, it was actually for like a couple days, let the Ducks jump ahead of them in the standings. But now they are first again, first in the Pacific Division, second in the West, and third in the league. Um, So interestingly, they still are in a position to do some things that they haven't really done before. Um, I think they've only won in the 
a division title once, and they've never won a title for the conference. And they are still, the, the Dallas Stars are four points ahead, ahead of them, but still possible they're nine games left. They could do it, and what, no, I don't. I don't think anybody's really betting on them winning the conference, but it would be kind of interesting and cool, and it's kind of dope to just even think about, like, oh, they're, you know, within striking distance. Yeah, the fact that it's a possibility is fun to think about and be an idly dream up your, like, you know, ideal end-of-season scenario, but I'm not going to be actively rooting for it or anything like that. I don't think that it's necessarily um, a huge possibility that it'll happen. It'll be cool. I'm not against it. Go for it, Kings, but... Uh, I'm not going to hold my breath for that. Yeah, I think the only thing is maybe if you have a preference for what playoff matchup they have. Like, you know, right now they have Nashville, and maybe if they went up to first, they could have um, Colorado and Minnesota are kind of leapfrogging at the moment. So um, either one of those teams. I don't think it totally matters. I guess if you really had a true choice, Colorado would be the most favorable pick. (laughs) Um but ultimately, who cares? <laughs> I was listening to Monday's episode of Merrick versus Wyshynski, and they were talking about just how all of the teams were playing and how, I mean, like the Blackhawks have sort of lost a couple games, you know, not done that great. And it could be a possibility that they slip down to a wild card position. But they were also both lamenting the fact that they would never want the, like the first round to be Kings versus Blackhawks. Like, that'd be terrible. I think I'm kind of torn. I mean, not that I'm like, yes, please, Kings, Blackhawks. Mostly because I just don't fucking like watching the Blackhawks. But it's one of those things that people are going to talk about this matchup because it was so good. um, Right. The two years prior. And I don't think it would be the same now. Like, I think the Blackhawks have taken a step back. I think the Kings are are still very, very good. Um, And so there would be an exciting element to it, maybe. But I think for me, it's kind of like... I, I, I don't even want to say this out loud, but I'm just going to. I was telling somebody earlier that it would entertain me and please me so much if the Blackhawks went out in the first round. And it seems like for me to have that thought and for there to be some kind of possibility that the Kings would have to be the team to do it in order for them to have an early exit, it just it just seems like the kind of nightmare that would come true <laughs> for me. I hope it doesn't. But I feel like that's the way it would go for me to get what I want. I can already imagine the cackling that would happen if the Kings knocked the Blackhawks out in the first period, or first uh, round. Yeah, I mean, first it would be like so upsetting if they happened to lose to the Blackhawks in the first round, but it would be so satisfying if the reverse happened. I'm mostly uh, imagining you just um, calling all of your family. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> and rubbing it in their faces. Absolutely. <laughs> I would enjoy it. Very, very much. But hopefully the the Kings don't have to play the Blackhawks at all. Or if they do, it'll be in the, I guess, Western Conference Final again. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I mean, we'll talk about playoffs more in a, in a little bit. But I think there's some interesting, interesting things happening this season um, that weren't necessarily true last season. So the Kings, you know, they've lost their last two games, but they don't really matter very much. So it's like at this point, we're kind of just rooting for dope things to happen for individual players. <laughs> Which is where I'm at. Yeah, I was hoping that in the Nashville game, I mean, Jeff Carter loves antagonizing the Predators, at least according to his goal history, having scored a couple (laughs) of hat-tricks against them uh, when the Kings were down a ton of goals and him scoring that, like, last-minute game-tying goal um, seconds before, not even seconds, single second, like, 
seconds of a second yeah. before the game ended. Pretty close. So I was really hoping that he would be the one to like tie it up during that game with Nashville or just like score another hat trick. So these are the kind of things that I'm looking forward to um, on a game by game basis. And like tonight in their loss to Minnesota, like they only scored one goal despite having a plethora of chances. Like that's the other thing. They didn't really play bad against Nashville. Nashville outplayed them, but the Kings didn't play terribly. And they killed the Wild, but Devin Dubnik was really good. Um, and so the Kings could not get a tying goal and they had lost because of a power play goal. It happens. But the one goal that was scored was scored by Tyler Toffoli and now he only needs three more to get 30 and he has nine games left. So it's like please (laughs) just give me these individual things. Yeah we're not so much worried about uh, the Kings making the playoffs anymore. We're just worried if Tyler Toffoli will make his I guess our arbitrary 30 goal the season for himself yeah I mean there are very few 30 goal scores in the National Hockey League and it would just be incredibly exciting if one of them was Tyler Toffoli also because I don't think if I remember correctly I don't have it in front of me but I'm pretty sure it was Kopitar who got 29 and he had the most goals on the team and so there were no you know nobody scored 30 goals last season it's just not a thing that really happens consistently or very much on the Kings because they suppress offense so I'm like a 30 goal score and be Tyler Toffoli that would be amazing that would be so good I'd be so happy I'd be stoked for him um but he's not the only one that is kind of on the cusp of really cool things Jeff Carter needs two more goals to reach 20 for the season and Andre Kopitar is three points away from another 70 point season which would be amazing especially because people were like on his case for his slow start this year also uh Trevor Lewis just needs three more goals to hit double <laughs> Go digits on, Trevor. don't know if that one will happen but I am rooting for it, personally. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Dustin Brown scored three goals That's in three true. consecutive games. That's true. If Dustin Brown can do it, get it together. Trevor Lewis, you can too. Oh, also Tyler Toffoli is one point away from 50 points, which would be dope. So, yeah, so some, some things to look forward to. Something that I noticed randomly while I was just sort of skimming through the points, um, I don't really have a whole lot to say about it, but... I just hadn't thought about it, was that apparently this season is the most games that Alec Martinez has played in a single season. And, of course, because he's played more games, his highest total points, he has 33 right now, I believe. So that's really cool for a guy who we all went from being like, he scratched constantly to this season he's played against, I think, his toughest competition, mostly playing on the second pairing. Um, So that's fun. Yeah, he's doing really well. Obviously, he got a big upgrade um, having, you know, scored those excellent goals the last couple of seasons and uh, being kind of in the limelight, I suppose. Not that people were really not, you know, hip to what Alec Martinez was doing before, but when you do something like that, people are going to take a little bit more notice. So um, he's really kind of stepped up to the plate in that regard. Yeah, and it's cool to see um, the coaching staff, of course, Daryl Sutter in particular, trust him. Um, I'm always like stoked when a player manages to earn Daryl Sutter's trust because it seems to be the most difficult thing in the world unless your name is Andy Andrew. <laughs> so uh, good job to Alec Martinez. That's very true because there's a lot of people who come in and they, you know, they make the lineup and it's not a big deal. They start producing right away. They're doing a good job. And I mean, that's great. We don't have to worry about it. But there have been so many people that have been in Daryl Sutter's doghouse as we, like, collectively just sit here and tear out our hair as to whether or not they're ever going to play a game ever again. And it's very sad. It's just, like, a little bit more satisfying 
to know that they I like how also the mountain that they have to climb is their own team like their own right yeah. team's coach mm-hmm. like not any other sort of obstacle or anything like that literally just Daryl Sutter being like mm, I don't like it and putting them in the doghouse give them some ice time please but, uh, but yeah that's yeah, good I mean I don't know what a milestone would be at this point he's already exceeded his previous totals so it's just like keep doing what you're doing add a few more why not go for it Alec Martinez <laughs> Do whatever. I mean, we could. He's at twenty assists right now, so seven more, and he could have the same as his number. Oh yes. If if we're doing arbitrary whatever goals for people, <laughs> just <laughs> quote unquote just seven more assists. Right. Yeah. Why not? Another person, since we were talking, or you mentioned briefly, people who weren't kings. Another person who was not a king before you left for your trip, Chris Versteeg. Although you wouldn't know it now, as he is injured. But <laughs> that's true. He is technically on the gigs. I am okay with that. I'm fine with that. I mean, he's he's only played nine games, so it's not a huge sample size. But so far, he's been pretty good. Two goals, an assist. Uh, except now he's broken. Yeah, he got injured in a game, but they say it's day-to-day. They don't think it'll be long-term, so we'll see. I like it, in theory. Like, it was a good pickup. I was kind of worried that they would do something like go for a defenseman that they didn't really need. So that kind of went away, and then they picked up a forward who I think is a good depth add um, and will be useful in the playoffs. And the cool thing about the cool thing about having someone like Rustig in the lineup is he does like push out Andy Andreoff. And of course, now that he's um, injured, Andy Andreoff has been back in a little bit. But I think of those two, especially if for whatever reason it takes Chris Rustig to push Andy Andreoff out, fine. Um, and I think you know he had a little bit of adjustment period. But I like the potential for what kind of impact he can Chris make. Chris Versteeg has scored two goals in nine games. Andy Andreoff has scored four goals in 51 games. Yeah, so... <laughs> Jordan Nolan has scored nothing in 52 games. So, I mean, if there's that's, more people to push out. That's pretty rough for Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like the ad of Chris Versteeg, and hopefully the injury isn't really bad and he is able to play regularly in the playoffs and make an impact. Um, I also think for... Like, at some point, Nick Shore's terrible scoring luck has to turn around. And I think he's much more likely to get points if he's playing with somebody like Chris Versteeg or any anybody who might be on his wing if Chris Versteeg gets moved up or whatever, um, rather than Jordan Oli and Andy Andreoff, who don't score. <laughs> so, That's true. Um, he's had some really we'll good chances in the last couple of games, like really close calls, and yeah. I have been rooting for him. I root so hard for Nick Shore all the time, every day. <laughs> Please just get him some points, some goals. That's all I want. There can be two more goals and he's got five. Another arbitrary set of uh, milestones for people. Yeah. This is all I mean, predicated on the fact that the Kings are apparently going to score 30 goals in their next nine games as we keep adding <laughs> goals for people to score. I just, I will take one for Nick Shore. I will, uh, one Nick Shore goal before the end of the regular season, I will take it. I mean, if it doesn't happen, fine. Just score in the playoffs then. That's cool. There are more games in which you need to score. Um, but something, because he has been getting really good chances. He is a really strong player defensively. I like the idea of him as the third line center, and so I would love for him to also produce offense, even though I'm I'm incredibly happy with how he is defensively. Yeah. So hopefully more ice time for that fella and uh, more goals. Maybe with some help from Chris Versteeg. We'll see. It is kind of strange to have another person who used to be, I mean, even though he was picked up from the Hurricanes, a person who used to be a Blackhawk 
yeah. on the kinks. Yeah. <laughs> it's still kind of weird. Um, also, he's smaller, and so he he's wearing number 10. And so <laughs> Christian Erhoff wearing number 10 was not at all confusing to me because Erhoff is taller than Mike Richards ever was. But it is a little confusing noticing the number 10 on the ice and it being kind of a smaller player and being like, oh, right. <laughs> but it's, you know, not a drop pass to nowhere, so it's fine. I know other people have worn 10 on the Kings, but number 10 on the Kings will always be Mike Richards for me. Well, I think for this era, like, yeah. especially. Like, that's who we knew as the number 10 in the era in which the Kings were a winning team. <laughs> that's it. Mike Richards is number 10 in my head forever. So, yeah. Also, uh, but, side note on Christopher Stieg. I'm sure everyone has seen it, but just in case you haven't, Christopher Stieg sings Fergilicious. Is that the name of the song? I've already forgotten it. I think so. Yeah. Uh, he raps it, sings it. I don't know. And it's pretty delightful. It's all, oh, it's man. like from seasons past when, the, when he was on Blackhawks, <laughs> but it's it's pretty great. I wonder if he's brought his rapping skills into the King's locker room. Oh, God, I hope I think there's so. like one person who listens to rap, and it's Jonathan Quick. And Jonathan Quick would probably be like, please stop. <laughs> please don't do this. Who is it on the <laughs> Sharks that makes this, uh, that raps? Matt Nieto. That's delightful. <laughs> they can they can do things together. I guess. Or I guess if California Chris, collab. Chris Versteeg can uh, jump genres and just hang out with Dustin Penner. Oh, my God. <laughs> terrible with that. Um, so, yeah, we have yet to see Chris Versteeg's rap skills in Los Angeles. <laughs> Maybe they'll come out. I don't know if the Kings win enough games in the playoffs. Time something. will tell. Time will tell. <laughs> There's another new player who made his debut tonight, not a trade, but Nick Dowd, NHL debut. So that's another player that the Kings have called up this season to get his shot. And he did really well, I think, in his first yeah, game. Yeah, absolutely. And he, I don't know why, he like was given a lot of opportunity. He's, he took a bunch of face-offs, um, which he did very well on. Uh, had some time on the power play, uh, got a hit, got a, like a hit in there, you know, so he he did pretty well. He didn't look out of place at all. So that was very promising. Yeah, I think it's good for like if they're going to call these guys up, take these last few games in which you don't necessarily need to win to let them sort of show what they can do yeah. and get a little comfortable just in case you end up needing that depth. In the postseason, you kind of have an idea of how these guys play and it's not a total shock to them either. Um he had like and <clears throat> he had like a crazy 80% Corsi, but that's because he also had like 83% offensive zone starts. Yeah. So um uh but still he didn't mess up those zone starts, so that's That's nice. true. Great job. With other down. people they would have fucked that up, but Yeah. He, he took what he was given and did something good with them. Right. So I look forward to him possibly playing another game. Tanner Pearson was out for personal reasons, which is part of why he was put into the lineup. Um, so we'll see where that goes from here, but it was fun. I always like, you know, seeing a guy get to debut, and uh, the Kings played well tonight, and he played well, so I'm happy for him. Yeah, I hope to see more of him in the future. Someone who is terrible, <laughs> going back to people who were traded for. Why is Rob Scuderi back on the Los Angeles Kings? Why is it happening to me? I, the world just doesn't want you to be happy right now, I guess, because I... Ugh. Is that not the one thing, the one thing we said not to happen, but we didn't want to happen? I know. And now it has. I just don't understand. All season when other teams, the Penguins and then the Blackhawks were like their fans would complain about Rob Scuderi. I would just think I'm so happy that the Kings were not able to re-sign him and had to let him go when they did. And then this shit happens. <laughs> um, all for naught. 
I have, and I dislike it because, you know, it's, I was really into my fond memory of Rob Scuderi's impact in that last game. I like thinking of the championship team as cool dudes, but the ones who are gone because they're no longer incredibly useful, it's fine that they're gone. But now that he's back and detrimental to the team when he's on the ice, it's frustrating because it makes me not like Rob Scuderi, and I don't like feeling like that (laughs) about him. Um, I love when people describe uh, how much of an impact he had on that last game because... It's just so yeah, it's just so literal. <laughs> like the impact of yeah. his face hitting the boards is yeah. what helped the Kings win the uh, that uh, that cup. And I did that phrasing least, just always uh, makes me laugh. Right, right. I did at least appreciate in his welcome back video, his first game back with the Kings, that they in the highlights put the boarding penalty in there. <laughs> Like, nobody has any illusions about the most important moment in Rob Scuderi's <laughs> career as a Los Angeles King. That was it. Thanks for taking one for the team. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone, like, everyone knows. Kings know. Rob Scuderi certainly knows. And I'm glad that, that it's it's out there. I'm glad that it's something to poke fun at. I mean, it ended up, you know, it led to some great moments when they won the game. Yeah, that was a great moment. That was fantastic. (laughs) And the goals that they scored on that five-minute power play. Um, Wonderful. All of it. Um, So, yeah. So, I feel, like, really bummed that I'm, like, watching him now and he can't really keep up in the same way. In 13 games played, he has five assists, which, you know, good for you. But his Corsi 4 percentage, keeping in mind, again, that this is still the best possession team in the league – um, and we generally get like a little bent out of shape when guys are below 50% <laughs> yep. because that's just unacceptable on the Los Angeles Kings. Um, his Corsi 4 percentage, 38.65. It's disastrous. When Rob Scuderi is on the ice, people are taking shots against the Los Angeles Kings. And you cannot have that on your best possession team on a team that needs a lot of edge. Um, in that regard, in order to, you know, stay in it in, like, the postseason or whatever. Because the Kings are a great team defensively during the regular season, but the playoffs are a lot more random. And the last two long runs that they've had, they've actually had a lot of offense and goals go in and give it up more shots. Because, you know, the pace and stuff, it's just different. I don't want a liability like Rob Scuderi on the ice. And it was cool when he was a role player, and maybe he'll go back to that. But Daryl Sutter put him back up with, like, Drew Doughty <laughs> playing, like, 23 minutes a night. Why are we doing this? And what's frustrating is it's not like the Kings are doing poorly. It's not like they desperately desperately needed that filled. They, they're they the second team, or the first team in the West, the second team in the league to clinch a playoff spot. Like, why... Why is I mean, obviously he was on the team beforehand, but I mean, leading up to it, obviously the Kings were doing fine. I don't know why you have to stoop down to that level, I suppose, um, and try that now. I mean, I guess you could try it now that they've, uh, you know, gained that playoff spot to see if that works and is, you know, something that could happen later on. But it's just, I doubt it. It's it's very Mm -hmm. frustrating to see. Yeah. And I think some people have pointed out, like, does it, or asked, I should say, does it really matter if the Kings have a couple of guys who are not extremely positive impact players because the team is so good? And it's like over, 
you know, a long stretch. Not really. But when you get, like I was saying, if you get to like the playoffs or whatever where every game really, really matters, what I don't want to friggin' see is Rob Scuderi on the ice in the last two minutes or something, which is something that has happened in the games that he's played so far because he's just not good anymore. And like, you know, no shade to him or whatever. It's just the truth. He's he's too old and slow. He's had had a long career. He's won a couple of cups. Like he is just not good anymore. And I worry. Yeah, me too. Um, like, for instance, Jason Lewis wrote, um, he posted on Twitter, I should say, to, about the game against the Wild. He said, in a game that the Kings outcoursed a team 55-25 at even strength, Rob Scuderi and Luke Shen were combined minus four. <laughs> I mean, really, come on. Um, and also, side note, Luke Shen has been struggling too. I'm I still feel like he, at least because he's younger, has an opportunity to figure out what the Kings really want him to be, which I think is kind of supposed to be a little bit like a Matt Green type. Um, But he has struggled. He has not been very good since coming to this team. Um, And yet Rob Scuderi has so far been worse. So (laughs) rough times there. There was already jokes about um, them trading for the wrong Shen brother. Uh, But at (laughs) least Luke Shen has a potential upswing. Right, yeah. And Rob Scuderi, I don't think... That. Yeah, because I mean, I think with Luke Shen, the other thing, I, I probably said this on a past podcast, but like it took Braden McNabb a while to really adjust to his role on this team and what they wanted from him. And he's younger than Luke Shen, obviously, but I think because Luke Shen is still in his 20s or whatever, there is potential for him to be, um, you know, one of your third pairing guys. Because like Luke, I mean, Luke Shen doesn't have the same pressure as Braden McNabb, who was brought in to potentially be a top four defenseman on this team, and he has become that. Um, but I think with the lowered expectation, expectations for Luke Shen and him being in his mid-20s, he could be fine. He's struggling now. There's still some potential. I don't mind them keeping him around and trying it out if they would decide that. Um, but but Rob Scuderi, just, just why? Just don't do it. It makes me so upset. <laughs> Yeah, it's brutal. I hate that because it's happening. I, I think of all of like the weird bounces and you know, uh, the weird plays, the extra kind of like aggression and fervor that gets played in during the playoffs, and sometimes the Kings being saved by the skin of their teeth by like one superhuman stretch of Drew Doughty's stick or one like whatever it is. But with Rob Scuderi out there, I'm like, oh cool, we have like a rock. <laughs> yeah, there's a giant boulder on the blue line. I'm so excited to have that happen. Obviously, exaggerating a, l- but only a little. Right, right. <laughs> like really only a little bit. Right. Nobody's really expecting a superhero play from Rob Skinner. Um, and I feel like with the types of like the Kings' defense is so strong that when they do give up chances, it's usually because they have messed up crazy, and it's a good chance against. And so you kind of would like to have somebody you think could pull out some heroics right in the crease or something but it's not gonna be Rob Skinner it's it's not gonna (laughs) be him (laughs) yeah he's not gonna be the saving grace of this playoffs but we'll see maybe they will continue to because like tonight um I think Dowdy was with McNabb more so hopefully Daryl Sutter has experimented to see what Rob Scuderi is capable of, and when the playoffs come around, he will not be in a top-pairing role or anything, and it'll be all fine. But I'm just saying it's annoying right now. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Um, Speaking of Daryl Sutter and things that he does to frustrate me (laughs) 
and or break my heart. He had these comments the other day, and I get what he was saying, but it was also one of those things where I was like, Daryl, don't do this to me. <laughs> don't do this to me. Um, but he was talking about Kopitar because Kopitar has been playing extremely well over the last month or so, which is incredibly exciting. I love Andre Kopitar so much. <laughs> um, but he was asked about that, and his answer, I will read it now. He says, quote, hey, him and Jonathan set the template for our team in terms of leadership and what's going on. And those two guys, or it's those two guys who carry the weight, and he's on pace for his normal regular season. His numbers, he's going to be, what, around 25 and 50 in terms of goals and assists, goals and assists, and that's what his career has been. That's spectacular for most players. For him, that's normal. You know what? Our team, the top players are also the captains, so it goes hand in hand. It's a lot of responsibility for Kopi, but that's good responsibility and it's good pressure. I trust him on and off the ice, so you expect him to be a top guy in both those areas. He's a top player on the ice, and he's our captain. End quote. Andrei Kopitar is an alternate captain, <laughs> so I get it. But it's also like for him to specifically call out Kopitar and Jonathan Quick um, and mention the word captain and just not have Dustin Brown anywhere in there. Like, I get what he was saying, but it's also like, but wait. If there also <laughs> hadn't been, uh, like, that mayor's manner thing that had come yeah, up Yeah, I'm, like, about... super paranoid now. <laughs> yeah. If there hadn't been any articles about Dustin Brown potentially being replaced sooner than we would think, um, then this would just be a, that's weird that he would just use captains. I guess, like, assistant is is kind of a long title, and, you know, maybe that's just what they call them. They're all captains, you know, whatever. Uh, but only one person's going to wear the seat. Who cares? But, yeah, after all of that, I'm like, wait, no. <laughs> What's happening? Right. Don't leave him behind. Justin Trump, the captain. Remember when he what scored three, consecutive, three goals? <laughs> yeah. Great. I loved it. It was important to me. <laughs> So, yeah, that was, I mean, it, like, it's a totally fine comment, and I love any praise of Kopitar, and I love Daryl Sutter being like, eh, it's a normal season for him, this is what he does, kind of thing. That's all really amusing and, and funny, but I did have a moment where, like, my paranoid heart that's, like, counting, kind of counting down to Dustin Brown's eventual departure, the way that I was doing for Justin Williams... Although different because I think Justin Williams is an incredibly valuable possession player and whatnot. Um, and Dustin Brown has had his struggles, even though I think he has some areas where he's still very useful. It's not quite the same, but emotionally, it's exactly the same. Yeah, we've talked about me. it before, being like, we know that Dustin Brown isn't the best player. We know that he's going to re be replaced. We know exactly what he is. That doesn't change our feelings. <laughs> like, our <laughs> yeah. extreme affection for him. So... Uh, so, you know, way to scorch my heart just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> as much as I adore Andre Kopitar and will, like, be very emotional at the idea of Captain Andre Kopitar. But in the meantime, I have a lot of feelings. I like how this was just, like, geared towards you, too. Like, a little something nice about Jonathan Quick. A little something nice about <laughs> right, Andre yeah. Kopitar. Dagger to the heart about Dustin Brown. <laughs> <laughs> you're like yeah i love it it's so good to me it's all great wait no stop it went too far i want to get off this ride <laughs> oh man but again i guess we're just not gonna worry about it i just want i was like feeling really like it's weird to say nostalgic because it was 2012 but i was having you know a reminiscing type of moment 
about Dustin Brown because of how friggin' well he played in the 2012 playoffs. I think it was because of the 5 nothing win against Chicago that the Kings had recently. I was thinking about the last time that they shut out the Blackhawks, which was um, in Chicago, or no, was that in L.A.? Anyway, I think it was in L.A. But they shut out the Blackhawks 4 to nothing, and Dustin Brown, I think he had a hat trick that game or something, right? Um, and then went on to, once the postseason started, just friggin' kill. He was so good in the 2012 postseason. And it's like, remember when life was super good and <laughs> Dustin Brown was pretty dope? <laughs> he was never the best player on the championship era of the Kings, but... There was a time where he was also really fun and was doing really well. Yeah, he was a, so, a, a like a significant like input. Like he was there when you needed him, you know. Yeah, um, and yeah. in big moments too. Uh, it's kind of tapered off a little bit, but we still love him. Anyway, so you know those are my random Dustin Brown emotions. <laughs> Thanks, Daryl Sutter. <laughs> All right, so the thing to focus on though. Like we mentioned, the Kings have clinched. So now at this point, all I do is look at the standings and think about the playoffs <laughs> and wonder what's going to happen. How do you feel about a potential Kings-Nashville playoff series? I'm okay with it. Um, it actually makes me kind of nervous because they haven't been great against Nashville during the um, the regular season. Yeah, they've had some weird trouble against them. But I have faith in that that's regular season kings and we all know that regular season kings is a completely different breed than playoffs like postseason kings something about postseason kings is horrifyingly scary um because they just like get in the zone so i would i would be okay i think they would hold their own um for sure and probably would beat nashville but it gives me slight pause just because of, like, historically what has happened during the season. Yeah, and I also feel like it seems like in the earlier rounds, you know, the last few times they've played in the playoffs, the, the like, game one or two is always kind of shaky for them. And then they kind of get into the group. Like, and, and the team has said it, too. Like, they sometimes will have struggles or whatever during the regular season, but they're a very, very difficult team to beat four times. So, you know... Since they've started going to the playoffs, not many teams have done that to them. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm very confident in the Kings' ability to get going, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they had a game kind of similar to the one they had the other day where they play well, but they let Nashville's speed or something kind of outdo them a little bit. But I feel like also later in the series, it's totally possible that they would then clean that up and be amazing. Yeah, but I don't know if I would really want them to be tested so early. Like, that's that's Fair. like a, a slightly harder test than a different team. Than Colorado? But yeah, than Colorado, <laughs> yeah, please. Um, it would definitely be uh, harder. I, yeah, I would rather them cut their teeth on Colorado than Nashville. Not that I don't think that they could, but it would make me feel safer. I kind of, see, I'm kind of torn, though, because of, and again, it's it's hard to gauge at, like, postseason kings but i think sometimes they kind of get it hasn't really happened this season i will say which is really awesome but sometimes they have in the past like played down to their opponent and so what i wouldn't want to happen is for them to be like colorado's kind of a mess you guys (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then kind of take it easy i don't think they necessarily would but i kind of like the idea of them having a challenge early to make sure that they're on their game 
um, and then, you know, killing it the rest of the way. Because even if they had Colorado first, in the second round, they'd face the Ducks or the Sharks, who are both very strong right now. Um, and they'd have to go into that series being like, all right, it's time to really just, you know, pound it out here. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what postseason Kings is going to be like this year just because of having of them having missed the playoffs last year. Obviously, they're desperate to prove something, as can be shown by the fact that they're in the playoffs so early. Yeah, uh, great job. That they stayed number one in the division for so long. <laughs> that entire The entire season of, of us being like, this isn't going to last. Don't get too complacent. <laughs> yeah. This isn't going to last. Um, and it's lasted. Oh. So it's been, it's been yeah. good. So... Like, obviously, they are, you know, working hard to show that they're still relevant and that they're still a good team that can win a Stanley Cup. So I kind of wonder what more, like, superhuman level they're going to be at again this year. Because I assume that's just going to be the case. Like, even more so. They have that extra something to prove. For sure. I think they have also – like, also the – the roster turnover that they've had is really interesting. And also the players that were like breakouts in 2014 are now older, you know, a little older and a little better. So as fun as we thought like that 70s line was in 2014, like imagine a Tyler Toffoli and Tanner Pearson in the playoffs this year. Like it could be really dope. <laughs> Jake Musson um, is going to be so good in this playoff series. Right. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm yeah, exactly. I'm so <laughs> like, come excited. On, guys. This is going to be so good. Yeah. I'm stoked, and um, there's there you know there've been there's been a lot of debate about like the Norris Trophy and and whatnot, but like regardless of like individual awards or things like that, just if you go through some of the players that the Kings have, like their top four is really dope. I like a top four of um, Dowdy, McNabb, Muzzin, and Martinez. Like I'm excited for it. It seems really rad keep the other guys rotating in the, you know, third pairing, whatever, who cares? Um, I love uh, Jeff Carter. I love Andre Kobachar. I love Tyler Toffoli. I like Tanner Pearson. I like the idea of Chris Versteeg in this lineup with some depth scoring. I like that Milan Lucic has lived up to expectations um, and has, for the most part, managed the, like, hot-headedness really well, so it'll be interesting to see in the playoffs if he is able to maintain that. Yeah, it, it, could, be, it could be so much fun, <laughs> I think. Also, <laughs> be dope. Um, I... I'm sorry to say I kind of forgot that Marion Gabrick was around. Oh yeah, also Marion Gabrick, <laughs> <laughs> who is currently on long time long term IR, but um, and hasn't started skating yet, but is said to still be like potentially be back for not the regular season, but you know sometime in the postseason. So maybe he might not be good, but maybe he might be great. Maybe he's been itching to you know score a goal and is ready to do it. So that's another sure. potential like. Hey, surprise, we're the Kings and we're here to score a lot of goals on you. Yeah, I think even if he is not crazy like right out of the gate, I think Marion Gabrick adds speed to the team. Like he will obviously have to get back up to postseason speed really quickly, but he is in general a fast guy um, and a very dynamic scorer. So he was amazing, obviously, in 2014. And I think, um, you know, adds a, a, a a nice bit of variety to the Kings lineup when it comes to goal scoring and offense. So it would be cool if he does come back. Also, Matt Green might be back. Maybe he could still be down, like finished for good. I don't think they have a timetable, but he is skating again. I think. Yes, he is. So 
I don't think anybody should count on him showing up, but what if surprise Matt Green <laughs> in the postseason? Um, that would be interesting. Matt Green, I would love for you to, you know, take care of yourself and everything. Like, I want you to heal more than anything else. But if you mm-hmm. happen to get better for sure. and Rob Scuderi happens to be not in the age <laughs> not around, that would be okay. It would be nice. Um, For whatever yeah, like, reason, it, but, I would prefer you know. a, you know, recently surgeried, hasn't played in a while, <laughs> Matt Green, over known bad guy. <laughs> right. Rob known bad guy. Or even what is Jamie McVeigh doing? Has anybody seen him in like the last month? Where is he? <laughs> Come on. Uh, so frustrating. Um, but yeah, in general, I think the Kings have a lot of great pieces still on this team, and I am really stoked to see what they could do. I, I guess, I feel like Nashville would be a little bit of a challenge, but ultimately I think the Kings could meet that challenge and still make it out of the first round. I I kind of almost would also prefer Nashville because I think the potential, like if the Kings win the conference and they get like the Wild, that would be... An incredibly boring series. Oh, please don't, please don't make me watch the Wild any more than <laughs> no, I have to. I don't want to see. So I think we talked I'm about this like, in a prior one too, like how bored we are when we watch the Wild. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know. Maybe they have exciting games against other teams, but Kings Wild games, even like today, where it should have been because the Wild definitely needed two points to get back into a playoff spot, um, and the Kings are kind of what are, we're on the second night of a back to back. It's sort of been like a crazy, sloppy game. You would think some shenanigans. But no, the Kings friggin' crushed them. <laughs> and the Wild needed their goaltender to stay in it, and it was boring. So uh, that's that's what happens when Kings and, and the Wild play. So hopefully not that series. We don't deserve that. No one deserves it. We don't that. deserve it. Yes. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be fun to see Nashville, though. To see, like, Pekka Rene in there and have the Kings, yeah. like, go up against him. And, yeah. For sure. Be good. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually, I forgot to mention this earlier, reminds me because, you know, then one of the key things people will be watching is Rene versus Quick. And Jonathan Quick, Jonathan Quick was named second star of the week last week. He had a great week. Um, Kings went, or they won all three games that they played, and he had a 953 save percentage and 1.32 goals against average. He had his 41st shutout of his career, which officially the most by an American goaltender. So good job to Jonathan Quick. Well done, Jonathan Quick. How many times has he been a, a star? Um, I think he's had quite a few this season in particular. Yeah, like he's, this he's, season. I mean. He's played really well this season. Um, I know. His, I'm so happy about it. That's why I'm like, how many yeah, times like, has, his, he, has he been like, uh, lauded for his great play this season? Um, a few times. And I think it's really cool because, you know, he had the great season in 2012, and then he struggled a little bit in the seasons after. And this season, like, he has been really strong. Obviously, the Kings have lost the last couple games, so that's unfortunate. He was pulled against Nashville. Um, but he still, I think, has a 920 save percentage, which is still good enough for the second best in his career. And if he plays really well down this stretch, he could bump those numbers up a little bit more, and that's dope, and maybe he'll go into the postseason really strong. Um, and the Kings are already a scary team, but if they also have Jonathan Quick at the top of his game, I mean, sorry, everybody. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) I'm excited for the playoffs. I'm ready for it to happen now. Me too. Let's go. Nine more games first. Hopefully the Kings at least make them entertaining, and then back to the postseason. I think they 
I'm not going to say it's guaranteed that the Kings go to the final, but I I think they're good enough to make it. I do too. And then win the Stanley Cup. I definitely. So if they do that, great. And even if they don't, which I I mean I would prefer that they do it. <laughs> um I think it'll be exciting no matter what happens. I do too, because obviously they have worked their asses off to get back to this position. So already it's, you know, kind of a win, but they could win some more. I was going to ask you. Oh, have you looked at the East at all and and teams that are in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference? No, because when you said, have you looked at the East, I like literally <laughs> for a moment, I was like, I like turned my head. I was like, no. Um, <laughs> is something happening something outside? outside? Is something going on? Um, no, I haven't. Damn it. I haven't been paying too much attention to what's going on I haven't in the East. really, but I realized – talking about it today because people are I noticed that people are kind of hyped because the Penguins are really strong right now and I don't think any serious Penguins fans think it's their year but anything could happen some randomness um the Capitals of course have been really strong all season the Islanders and the Flyers are in the playoffs some interesting things going on and so I had this thought that if the Kings do make it to the final there are so many stars in the East that they could deny Stanley Cups, <laughs> no matter what happens. Okay, so I need to, for the record, <laughs> everyone, this is to anyone that's listening to this, Chanel is pleased by this because that means that a lot of dudes are going to be crying about the fact that they haven't <laughs> won the Stanley Cup, and this is making her very gleeful. It's so good. I mean, obviously, the one that we've people have talked about already, and that we've talked about, is if the Capitals go to the final. I mean, I I, I love Alex Ovechkin, and that's really cool. And I love obviously the ex Kings who are on the Capitals now and whatnot. And there are a lot of players I like on those teams, on that team. But also, I mean, what way to follow up denying Heinrich Lundqvist a cup than to deny Alex Ovechkin a cup? Come on, it's good. Um, or You've got, let's see, let's see. If Pittsburgh, for whatever reason, stays hot, everybody's been like, I can't believe Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin have only won Stanley Cup. No, denied by the king. (laughs) Imagine it. How good would it be? I need it so badly. Uh, Basically, all of it. If you just go down the list, there's just so much potential there. It's wonderful. If Boston somehow makes it to the final, Milan Lucic against his old team, and then he wins his second cup, and they get nothing, please. (laughs) So good. (laughs) So good. Uh, And he has to go through the handshake line with the Bruins. Yeah. Oh, come on. (laughs) It would be amazing. So good. Or you've got, like... Florida, who everybody's really excited about because they've, you know, like exceeded expectations this season. Sorry, wait your turn. <laughs> Sorry, Willie Mitchell, not your time. Sorry, Kevin it's Spacey, ain't gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> done. Uh, even Tampa Bay, Steven Stamkos, like, was just in the final last season, could potentially win again. No, and then he leaves for Toronto. Amazing. What a storyline. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, he has to shake, like, Vinny's hand as they go through. Yeah. Oh, good. So many layers. So that's that's what I've thought about the Eastern Conference. I really don't care who makes it to the final. I have no actual investment. <laughs> but 
I like the idea of how many people it could be satisfying to watch the Kings beat. I really should have seen this coming. I should have seen this coming. <laughs> uh, that is uh, a serious misstep on my part as your friend <laughs> and podcast co-host that I did not see this coming. Oh, it's so good. I think uh, I think for me, the, the most satisfying would be the Capitals um, just because people are so excited about them. To be honest, that's what I <laughs> when I think of what's going to happen this season in the postseason. It's the Kings, Capitals, and the Stanley Cup final. I think that's what a lot of people expect. I mean, I mean, it's a good bet. The Capitals have been strong. I think the only reason that's made me not doubt it, but think it's a little more questionable for the Capitals now, is because Alex Ovechkin is injured. Yeah. He's playing injured, and they have been very strong in terms of you know goals allowed. But if you, but their strength, the real strength has been how much offense they have. And so, if one of your your like your top offensive player is not playing well, and Braden Holtby not even has a bad series, but has like an average series, and you don't have the goals for to make up for any potential goals against, like that's trouble for the Washington Capitals. So I still think they're very good and that they could go really far. But um, I am like something to watch. As the postseason gets started. I don't know why they're not, like, resting Alex Ovechkin. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, he can rest right now. <laughs> like, they're pretty they're, – they're there. So I don't know why uh, they're risking hurting him, like, irreparably, you know, for the, right. for the playoffs. Yeah. They've won the division. They've won the friggin' East. Like, just let the dude chill. Make him chill. And then make sure he's as healthy as possible for the postseason. Because if the Capitals are going to win a Stanley Cup, they need Alex Ovechkin to be really good. Yeah, it's not going to happen otherwise. Like, there's no... Lots to look for in the Eastern Conference. And in the West, I think is, you know, as much credit as the Central has gotten this season, I think California is better. So, um, watch out. California is better in terms of hockey, in terms of a lot of things. We can wrap this up, though. Um, Any parting thoughts, whether about the Kings, other teams, anything? Sure. Um, If anyone ever gets a chance to go to the Luke Robitaille Celebrity Shootout, highly recommend it. (laughs) Um, Because it's super funny. Uh, yeah. the, game, the game was excellent. Everyone was actually pretty good. My favorite player was number 19, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was so... I'm sorry. I really do like old guy players, don't I? I'm like only realizing <laughs> this about like decrepit, terrible old guy players. Um, he was so cute. <laughs> he tried real hard. He is 72 so years old. Yeah, in his 70s, so slow, but he played the whole game. He went out there for every shift they needed him out there for. It was amazing (laughs) watching Jerry Brockhauer in this game. Um, Also, in a sign that we are old, we don't know who R5 is. I'm sure other people also don't know who R5 is. They're a band um, of the variety that teen girls tend to like. Yeah, they're, I guess they're kind of like the new Jonas Brothers, except for they're not actually that famous. Um, but they are brothers. But they're Yeah, they're all brothers. <laughs> and one sister. They're very popular among teens and preteens and probably young adult women. I don't know. They had a lot of fans there. It was wild. They were very loud. These mm-hmm. They yelled a lot, which was mm-hmm. interesting. One of the brothers had some hustle on him. 
And For so sure. we were very pleased that he had scored a goal because he was trying hard. And he was, like, frustrated when he was denied. And I was like, you know what? I like that. This is a celebrity, like, charity game. At one point, there was, like, a basketball as a puck. Um, but he, like, was amped on scoring a goal. Here's one thing to know about Diane and I. We met bonding over music and going to shows. So even though it has been a while since we have been mutually obsessed with the band in that way, we are very <laughs> we, good We understand. Still. I was there. Yeah, I, I was like, I see you, girls. I see you. Like, yeah, I, I got I you. It. And we've never heard an R5 song, but we still picked a favorite. So <laughs> that's that's what's up. His name, um, his name was Riker, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Riker. He's our Riker. favorite. But yeah, it was fun. It was kind of goofy. I liked it. I had a good time. And of course, like Luke Robitaille is amazing forever. So it, always nice to see him. It was funny. Like the end of the game was a tie tie game, um, or a team was down one, but they seriously just put all like both teams put out all of the ex-NHLers, like, they weren't they yeah. were playing around. They're like, we want to win, so... <laughs> In these last two minutes, we got to score some real goals. There's, so at the end, there was just, like, a real NHL game happening, um, and it was pretty fantastic. Yeah. It was fun. I liked it. That's, that's a good final thoughts. Yeah. Um, celebrity shootout game, fun. Luke Robitaille, dreamy. Oh, so dreamy. Uh, and the Kings are good. I feel great. I feel real It's good. been a great time. It's been awesome. Here's to nine more excellent games, hopefully, and uh, then we'll see about the postseason. So, sorry that we missed you for a little while, guys, but we are back now. Fun fact, the next episode of Thanks Bud is the 100th episode. What? We've made it. Oh, Um, man. So, um, hopefully the Kings win some games and make it special for us. (laughs) Give us some, maybe Tyler Toffoli will get a hat trick or something. I don't know, Trevor Lewis can get a hat trick. Oh my gosh, if Trevor Lewis, okay. Here is my one dream, is that Trevor Lewis gets a hat trick, and with that hat trick, gets double-digit goals for this season. Yeah. Oh, No pressure, my Trevor. No God. pressure. And then That's it happens for. at the Staples Center. I want it to happen at the Staples Center for people to throw their hats down, and then for there to be another Mean Tweets um, thing on the jump, Jumbotron, and it is once again one of our tweets that he's reading. That on the day of his hat trick. I mean, we will have then gone three for three as well in terms of Trevor Lewis mean tweets. So that's perfect. Oh, this is all I want. My hopes. So and dreams. Uh, let's make that happen, Trevor Lewis. Hat trick, ten goals, three for three on the mean tweets. We'll catch you guys on the one hundredth episode of the Thanks Mode Podcast. Um, until then. Take care of yourselves. Be good to each other. You know where to find us on Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. Goodbye, friends. Bye, everyone.